0: Welcome to episode 81 of the Animal Addicts podcast, our final episode in the Pacific Ocean. On today's episode, Casey talks about an epidemic amidst this pandemic, while I talk about an interesting animal that has conservationists concerned. We learn about two new cool marine animals for our picks this week, and about our incredibly rare and dare I say adorable animal of the week. So let's dive into Episode 81 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Sally. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of awesome animals. But before we get into that, um, once again, this episode is being recorded for a second time. So life is crazy. Sorry for the delay once again. But Casey, what have you been up to sort of again <laughs> since last time I saw you?
1: So I've been going on walks mm-hmm. in the morning.
0: Nice. That sounds nice. Your morning constitutional. Yes, they my would morning constitution,
1: which I did not know was a phrase. The
0: old times. Yeah. Yes. Which I wonder is if that's part of why your constitution score is a thing in D and D, because it's like constitution is like your health essentially. Uh-huh. So um, yeah. anyway, so I wonder if like that's that's obviously constitutional came before D, so <laughs> i'm wondering if that's where it comes from anyway continue on and they always say, like people have like weak constitution you know
1: oh yeah i do remember hearing yeah. that
0: so anyway there we go okay anyway so your morning constitution i think you should refer to it as that because it sounds cooler yeah. than on a morning walk
1: yeah my morning constitution
0: yeah there we go constitution i'm gonna
1: I, i'm gonna say that to my sister now because usually i walk with her it's like ready for our morning constitution
0: constitutional constitutional yes there you go our
1: morning constitutional yes okay
0: great perfect do it she's gonna think you're weird but i love yeah it. so one it.
1: time i actually had to go by myself because my sister has this paranoia thing whenever she okay. has something else scheduled like not too long ago um she had a dentist appointment mm-hmm. it was at two mind you yes we were this was like at eight in the morning mm-hmm. and i asked her if she wanted to go and it's like she said she can't because she has a dentist appointment
0: and what you go at eight in the morning yeah so you take your constitutional
1: yeah and it's like usually 35 minute walk. Yeah. And it's like, I think you're good. But that's just how her mind works. Like she can't. I get anything.
0: it. I mean, I you wouldn't probably be worry about it that early. But like if it was like an hour or two later, I'd probably be like, no, it's not.
1: Yeah. But anyway, on that day, I went this old route. We don't go as often anymore because I was afraid if I went the other way, I'd get lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Great.
1: Um, Keep in mind, I still have GPS on my phone and I could have used that.
0: You would not do well in the wild, apparently. No, no. but
1: one time when we were walking together, I mean, this was our old route. Um, we saw this hawk come flying down, and it caught a mouse and took off.
0: Okay. But at
1: first, it stopped in the middle of the road. Um, then finally took off. Thankfully, no cars came by.
0: That's good. Did it have the mouse when it stopped in the middle of the road? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was the mouse dead yet?
1: I didn't hear any more squealing, <laughs> so I assume so. Okay. And another time, we went the other route, and we could see a hawk getting mobbed by some crows that were nearby Yeah, so it finally too close flew away.
0: to a nest or something, yep. yeah.
1: Yep. I see it a lot, crows mobbing other birds all the time mm-hmm. around my house. That makes sense. Yes. And also, there's a pigeon family, not pigeon, dove family uh, in my backyard. Nice. Yes, so there's a little here. baby dove that just sits there on the oh. wall throughout the day until the parents come back.
0: That seems like a bad place to sit. Yep. I feel like that's very exposed you're like hey predators here i am
1: <laughs> yeah he's normally in the shade by this one tree so it's not as obvious the first time i saw him it, my mom had to point it out because i couldn't see it
0: <laughs> that sounds cute though yeah
1: and sometimes it's sitting out i can see it outside the window when i'm doing dishes in the evening
0: okay yep. that's fun
1: yes and um this one way we go goes by our preschool and um I thought I saw this on a drive once, but I thought I was just losing my mind. But they have goats and piggies.
0: Yeah, the preschool does, or yes, the preschool does. That's very impressive for a preschool. I know. Like elementary schools and obviously high schools and stuff have them, but interesting. That's, but are they? They're probably little pigs, though, right? Not like a giant farm pig.
1: They're like Vietnamese pot bellies. Okay, it so. looks like so okay. not the farm ones. Because those are huge. Yes, they are.
0: Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> okay, that's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. I want a piggy.
0: I do, too. They're so I want all. First of all, I want a lot of money and staff to help me take care of all these animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to have, like, goats and pigs and all mm-hmm. the things.
1: And um, Last time I went to the Del Mar Fair, um, and yes, I still call it that.
0: Same. <laughs> That's, like, wild animal park for me. Yeah. Like, we're not changing this. Mm-hmm. Forget you.
1: Yeah. Um, we went there, and we, of course, have to go through all the animals. Mm-hmm. And we saw some pygmy goats. And my friend Morgan was like, okay, guys, we're clearing out my garage. <laughs> we're getting some baby goats. <laughs>
0: Seriously, that's not like the only <laughs> thing I do at the fair because well, I don't like the rodeo park So I'm very much I'm not against rodeos entirely, but I'm against bull riding.
1: There's um, bull
0: riding there? I don't know if they still do it. I don't know if they did. Okay, I grew up in the boonies, and there's yeah. absolutely bull riding. But they do like the rodeo thing there, like barrel racing and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, fine. Like you're showing off a skill you need, whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. But other stuff, I'm very anti.
1: Because I don't remember ever seeing it or seeing it advertised. But they there. do
0: have the stadium, th- stadium arena. Yeah, I I've seen guess.
1: them run the some horses for I don't, jumps I don't and stuff honestly in there.
0: know if they do bull riding there mm-hmm. but either way I just generally rodeos for me are a very bad association mm-hmm. so um, anyway which is part of why I hate the the term my first rodeo because I don't like rodeos mm-hmm. but anyway certain things are cool but whatever anyway there's no need for that anywho I
1: like all the junk food
0: yeah see that's the problem this is why I don't go to the fair because like, <laughs> this is the thing you're going to eat basically a heart attack on a stick or in a it's bowl it's worth it because it's like deep fried <laughs> ice cream and stuff. You're going to go spend money on stuff you do not need. Money you had no need to spend. You would never buy this in a normal situation. But you're like, yeah, I'm going to buy this that you do not need. Look,
1: I can't afford therapy, but I can afford I this. I will
0: say there's <laughs> one thing I bought at at a fair that actually is really good. But mm. for the what most part. Okay, it's only good for theater. Oh my God. <laughs> because... And I need to invent, I, mean, I shouldn't say this idea out loud, but I need to figure out how to make it happen. But it's basically like a little spring, you know, like you have like a wire necklace type thing, mm-hmm. but obviously has beads and whatever decoration on it. But you can pull it open and then snap it on. So in theater for quick changes, that's amazing. Yeah. Because changing jewelry is a pain in the ass. You have yeah. to do a little clasp and stuff and then a quick change, that's awful. But you can be like, boop, boop. I've used it for different shows and it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only thing I ever bought <laughs> <laughs> at the fair. And it's not like a necklace I would wear a lot, but I could wear it for like certain, usually I use it for like costume type stuff. Anyway, that's the only thing I've ever bought at the fair that was like, useful i mean i've got like bracelets and stuff that are fine but like you just wind up spending money you don't need to spend you're gonna eat terribly the rides are death traps
1: i don't care
0: (laughs) absolute death traps the entertainment i guess is okay sometimes i get decent people and then seeing the animals i'm like the whole reason i'm here is to see the animals that's (laughs) basically it but then also i'm like most of the animals are gonna die so it's pretty bad anyway but yeah but i get that aspect for sure wanting to see all the goats and stuff i want all of them anyway Mm. We digress. But yeah, so yeah. the fair, I'm just like, I'm going
1: to spend my there. I did get help take care of some of the animals that go to fairs. Um, okay. When I was in high school, I was in a veterinary science class. Yeah. I would give some vaccines and some other care for them. I mean, I
0: love seeing all the animals there. Yeah. I'm just sad because I'm like, half of you are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, but
1: the unhealthiest thing I ate there once mm-hmm. that I can't remember um, was bacon wrapped fried pickles.
0: God, everything was, about that sounds disgusting.
1: It's Delicious. I'm also
0: not a big fan of bacon, so.
1: You shouldn't be. Because it's very unhealthy. No, I but don't like it. It's good.
0: I will eat bacon occasionally. Yeah. Well, not now because I can't eat much of anything. But like, um, mm-hmm. but I will eat. I could go the rest of my life without ever eating bacon and be just fine. Which is not the case for most people. Most Americans, at least. Mm-hmm. However, I do want some apple pie again.
1: oh, oh some
0: apple pie. Anyway, some Julie. Do you apple like pecan pie?
1: pie? No. <gasps>
0: I basically only like apple pie. I'm a chocolate holic, and I don't like chocolate pie. I want apple really? pie, and that's basically it. What
1: about chocolate cake?
0: Chocolate cake is okay. Okay. Chocolate cake is great. No, I love chocolate in basically every other form.
1: That's weird. <laughs>
0: but I don't like chocolate. Like the only chocolate pie, cream pie, or no, like any. I the only pie I like so far that I've ever had is apple pie, mm. and I love apple pie. It's delicious. But that's it. That's the only pie I like. I don't now like... I'm thinking
1: of all the desserts I want to eat right now. I don't like cheesecake.
0: I... Like, I don't... there's so many things I don't like. See,
1: I used to hate cheesecake. Now I've gone to like some of it.
0: Interesting. Well, if mm-hmm. I can ever eat again, maybe I'll try again and see yeah. if that has changed. But I doubt it.
1: What about peach cobbler?
0: I'm not big on peaches in general. Really? Yeah.
1: I love peaches. I'm, and I'm yeah. cu- I'm jealous because my aunt she has peach a uh, peach tree. There you go. But now she has squirrels.
0: <laughs> because she has a peach tree. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: she has a bunch of fruit trees in her yard now. That's fun yeah there's actually the lawn's dead now
0: great there's a lot of fruit trees actually (laughs) on our street and sometimes I'm like is the rule if it's on the ground am I allowed to take it and that's not stealing first of all I don't think the neighbors would really care if you took something off their trees because they're not like harvesting it Mm -hmm. but also and I'm back in the back in bc which i guess they might care because they actually grow so they did harvest we would just go and take <laughs> you're just on a walk in the neighborhood on our constitutional and we just like go through an orange grove and we're like i'm hungry boop <laughs> and we just eat an orange that was great country living you can't do any of that stuff these days also all those groves are dead now or <laughs> gone oh my god i drove out to valley center the other day mm-hmm. i do not even tell you about that story i guess i'll say that story in this all right um but whatever <laughs> we'll talk about my other story too but um It is so ugly now. Oh, really? It's gotten worse. I'm so happy we don't live there anymore. It used to be beautiful, and it was inconvenient because it's away from everything, but it was pretty, and now it's just ugly. It has all of the bad stuff of, like, track housing and stuff like that from the cities, but it's so bad. Anyway, I'm so happy I don't live there anymore. The only time
1: I, last time I went out to Valley Center was to go to Bates Nut Farm.
0: That's most reason. Most people. If you don't live out there, that's why people go.
1: One time me and my sister went out there and all we did, main reason kind of we went was to buy fudge.
0: (laughs) That was the whole purpose we were going to Bates?
1: No, I think it was actually because I wanted to look at pumpkins.
0: I would say it's usually the pumpkin patch and then I forget the other time of year that everyone goes out there.
1: I can't remember. I don't remember where I got my pumpkin that year.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's the main thing is the pumpkin patch. Oh my gosh,
1: I love fudge. (laughs) And I got the deal where you like get like buy a, like half a pound <laughs> or buy a pound get half a pound free
0: yeah <laughs> I've been to Bates in forever because we used to go and I lived out mm-hmm. there but anyway
1: I also like seeing the animals
0: yeah same because I was a mm-hmm. so little and anyway but um yeah so anywho but I drove out to Fly Center and it was uh it was real gross mm-hmm. so and I'm so happy we just don't live out there anymore but anyway was that your morning constitutional story and seeing animals and stuff? I believe so. Okay, great. Also, mm-hmm. side note because it made me think of it when you were saying you didn't hear squealing anymore. The other night there were some cats fighting because <laughs> that happens occasionally, and um, I, I'm hoping it was two cats fighting and not a cat like being attacked. But anyway, it was the whole like and all that happening, and I'm like, and I'm like, what is this noise I'm hearing? First of all, and I'm like, oh, it's fucking cats. So I'm, like, looking outside to try to see if I can see where they are. Because I've literally, they'll do it in the middle of the night. And I've literally opened the door before and been, like, just walk away from each other. <laughs> just leave each other alone. Just walk away. Anyway, but I come into, like, the other room to see if I can see from this window. And Tyler Lily's in there. She's all poofed. <laughs> <laughs> Which, short hair cats look ridiculous when they're poofed. Oh, but anyway, I, I was just like, honey, you would not do well in the streets, obviously. She's like, what is this noise? anyway it made me laugh not that the cats were fighting but that she was very freaked out by it Mm. but anyway so first thing my original thing i was going to talk about um was that i find it hilarious folks that casey wants to see rattlesnakes snakes in general but specifically rattlesnakes when he goes on hikes and have you seen one yet no nope never i have not been on a hike (laughs) for over a year. And a while ago, I went only did half of one because we ran out of time. But my friend and I, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, I'm feeling good enough to like go. I can drink water without being totally um, nauseous at this point. So I'm like, I can try. So we'll do the easy hike, the easiest hike pretty much in San Diego County for the most part. Anyway, so we go out there. And not even 20 minutes into this hike, boom, rattlesnake in the middle of the
1: trail. Not fair.
0: And it just cracks me up. And I even took a video and I'm like, Casey, that thing you never see. Literally, my first hike out. There you know, I it don't is. think I've
1: seen any snake when I'm on hikes.
0: Yeah, I've only seen mostly rattlesnakes. And then occasionally, I think we've seen a gopher snake. And I think I've seen like a king snake before. But for the most part, rattlesnakes.
1: I remember I found a, a king snake in my cousin's backyard when they were moving once.
0: Nice. That happens too. <laughs> my
1: cousin was freaked out.
0: Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> it's so funny. And the general rule is if it's someone who doesn't like snakes, they're the one who's going to find it. Mm hmm. Not that people like snakes. Yeah. Anyway, but I just found it hilarious that I have first hiked in forever and, like, 20 minutes in, there is a snake. Which also, I didn't even spot right away. My friend was like, oh, a snake. And I was like, oh, it looks like a rattlesnake. And then I started laughing because I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing because Casey just can't catch a break. Anyway, the snake, like, refused to get off the road again. And it was at the bottom of a little hill. So, I was like, you're going to get run over by a bike because if they come down that hill, they're not going to have time to avoid you. So, I'm trying to get the snake to, like, get off the trail, but obviously I don't want to, like, touch it. So I'm standing, like, so he's facing off, you know, toward the bushes, and I walk on the other side. The trail's probably, like, a solid, like, six, eight feet wide. So I go there, and I start, like, stamping my foot, like, a few feet behind him, because I'm, like, please get off the trail. My friend's, like, just go, and I'm, like, but he's going to get run over, or someone's going to step on him. So anyway, and there wasn't a stick that was long enough that I felt safe, like, trying to move him. So anyway, it was a hole to do. And then this one... Jogger was coming, and she didn't even notice it. And then my friend was like, there's a snake. And she, like, would have stepped on him. So I'm like, this is the whole problem. You're going to get stepped on, and then you're going to bite someone. And it's going to be bad for both of you. Anyway, so finally he vacated the trail. But mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. And then we kept walking, and I was like, oh, look, a coyote. <laughs> so it was just, like, wildlife ever. My friend's like, where? I do still
1: see the coyotes where I live. Yeah,
0: they're everywhere. But anyway, yeah. but I was, mm-hmm. but he was like, where? And I was like, in the brush. And I was like, they actually have really good camouflage. Because he had kind of, like, a red-brown on his like." Neck shoulder area going down. So if I hadn't seen that, I wouldn't have seen him. Mm-hmm. And then when we kept walking, I looked back. I'm like, oh, now he's, like, disappeared because now it's just the gray of him. Yeah. So that blends into the hillside a lot better. And he was like, oh, no, there he is. I see his ears again. So anyway, wildlife everywhere. But there you go. But the newer story, since this has happened more recently, um, is that, so my friend was down from Alaska, and she has family out in Valley Center-ish area. So anyway but a stray dog showed up at their yard and anyway long story short being that she has a rental car and they didn't want to put the dog in the rental car and the dog doesn't seem to have a home and needs to go to the main city right basically Mm -hmm. so anyway so i drive my ass out there (laughs) to go get this dog (sighs) and it just happens to be so i'm driving thank god i grew up in valley center so i'm driving along the main stretch with also my car gps because my phone anytime i plug that in the car it like screws up my radio so that's really fun. Good deal with that too. Add that to the list. Anyway, and I'm driving out there and I'm like and it says event ahead and the road is closed. The main drag through Valley Center and I'm like, I don't know how to get down into the valley behind it without going this way. <laughs> so I was like, cool, cool. So anyway, I was like, what event would be happening? I was like, the only thing I know of is Western Days. Did I happen to come out here the one freaking day that Western Days of the year is happening? So, anyway, luckily, since I grew up there, I did know A-Way, which is to go back by Bates Nuts, by the yeah. way. And then get around to the valley back through the middle school, which now, the casino is huge behind the middle school. So Thank I've, God that didn't exist when I was there. Yeah,
1: I been to that casino uh, one of my friends took me out there for my yeah. first day.
0: Thank God that was yeah. not there when I was in middle school. And that, like, trucker gas station that's in front of where the buses dropped off before, yep. I was like, this is a nightmare. I'm so happy I'm not here anymore. Anyway, so finally go down get the dog. Super friendly dog, by the way. Has obviously been in a car before because it was well-behaved. Took the treats really gently. Like, great little dog. Not little. It's like a shepherd. I think collie mix based on the snout. Anyway, it was a whole adventure. And then we go to the Humane Society after dealing with all this traffic and craziness because the main road shut down. And we go to the Humane Society and be like, this isn't our jurisdiction. (laughs) So it's Uh. like, this is the county. And their office is in Carlsbad. And I'm like, that's awful. Um... So, but apparently, good to know, at least if you live in this area, um, there is a emergency vet that will take them. And then the county will come and get the dog from the emergency vet. And they're open 24 hours a day. So, anyway, so we wound up taking the dog to the vet to be taken care of. Anyway, <laughs> I would have liked to have kept the dog, but, like, we can't deal with the dog. And my parents' dog is a problem. But I was <laughs> like, she's a really nice dog. Anyway, so, there you go. That's the story. But, yeah, Valley Center is ugly now, dude. Mm-hmm. They had where they used to have a dairy farm. And then rich people, because they have really expensive houses before, behind there, complained about the smell. And I'm like, you move behind you move a fucking there. dairy farm. You're an idiot. Yeah. So the dairy farm got shut down. I'm sure that wasn't the only reason. But still, like, the dairy farm got shut down. And now they're building in, like, ugly-ass track homes mm-hmm. in there. I'm like, this is why I even live here anymore. <laughs> like, now it's just ugly. It's ugly like everywhere else. And I'm like, if you want it to be like escondido or like san Marcos or whatever then just move to fucking escondido or san Marcos. why be out here and live like that like it was nice before thank god anyway it just makes me sad just so many things make me sad these days but anyway we should move on and this story doesn't look better (laughs) i'm like this isn't gonna make us feel better y'all anyway so let's move on
1: sad days today (laughs) yeah it's just you
0: know it's just lately i feel like it's sad all the time anyway But the good news was I saw a rattlesnake, woohoo, and I rubbed it in Casey's face immediately. So you just have to go out with me. Maybe that's the thing. You just have to go with me. Yeah. Wherever we go. We can go Mm -hmm. on a really easy hike. Isn't there supposed to be a nice one in Fallbrook?
1: We have to lose. I would go there. Isn't there one um... where there's like a little
0: creek? Because I remember Mm -hmm. at one point someone was like, oh, let's get some, like, because I haven't had those in forever, like water shoes. Yeah. And then, like, go walk in the creek. And I even went and bought water shoes. Mm -hmm. Did I ever use them? No. Let's go there. (laughs) can handle it if it's like two hours i can do it yeah let's do it we're making yeah. this plan anyway so hopefully we'll have happy things to share and hopefully we'll see a rattlesnake but not in the water because it's not allowed not allowed that's not a thing whatever yeah,
1: the snake's not allowed
0: no water- or- snakes are not allowed in the water
1: well, well they go in there we anyway you can see the
0: snake on the trail it's not allowed in the water okay
1: it can absolutely go in the water
0: it's not allowed not when i'm there yeah Anyway, all right. I'm also
1: always looking for signage because, like, I'm always wary about going into the creek because I know we have yellow-legged frogs, and they're endangered species, and they're protected.
0: Well, there would be a sign, though, right, saying don't play in the creek then? Yeah. I want to go play in a creek. I know. Let's freaking go. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's going to be our first field. That's not really a field trip. That's just an outing for us Mm -hmm. to do. We need to go do that. Anyway, okay, great. So move on to this depressing story that you have, though. Go for it
1: an epidemic on a pandemic.
0: Oh, no. It's an <laughs> emic emic. What? I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting like delusional at this point. Yeah. One thing of py- Tylenol. Tylenol? <laughs>
1: Jesus. So, I currently... There's an epidemic of bird flu spreading across the United States.
0: Which is why egg prices are like twice the price normally. I feel so yeah. bad for them. Anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and a big problem with bird flu is it when it affects poultry, it usually has a near a 100% mortality rate. That's so sad. So when farmers find out that they uh, chickens, turkeys, or whatever domestic fowl they have, they will usually cull it. And mm. actually, there was an instance in Colorado where... They recently had to kill over a million chickens, and then a few weeks later, they had another a broiler had to kill sixty thousand more.
0: Oh my god! That's yeah, so sad. And there's
1: f- this is happening with pheasants, turkeys, and all types of other birds.
0: It's so sad. And now it's
1: unfortunately affecting the wildlife too. Most significantly, it's affecting waterfowl. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Weird. But it's also yeah. So how
0: does it spread?
1: Uh, it's a form of influenza. So. It's airborne, too. Oh,
0: God. (laughs) I'm, like, also, first of all, I'm, like, are they sneezing around each other? But then I have seen a bird sneeze now, so it's pretty funny. But just, I mean, really, though, like, they'd have to, like, basically, you got to, like, sneeze or spit or something, Mm -hmm. essentially, right? Or cough, at least. I've never seen a bird cough.
1: Bird's respiratory system is actually quite different from ours. Okay. So we just have rungs that expand, compress, expand, compress, and it's one loop. It goes in and it goes out it's not very effective because you can't ensure that you're getting rid of all the carbon dioxide you're producing okay birds is very different it's a loop actually a single loop the oxygen comes in and of the lungs just pushes out and then it goes out oh so they're not like where ours it's like inflating a balloon then deflating it yeah inflating de- you're not going to get rid of it all whereas they can with a bird's respiratory system
0: it's still fascinating to me how they spread things. Mm-hmm. Do they just, like, quack at each other and that's it? <laughs> that's all I need?
1: It's also probably spread through bodily fluids as well.
0: I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Which
1: makes it very contagious when you have confined spaces farm, yeah. like farms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, amongst why wildlife. why I get my
0: pasture-raised eggs, which now are, like, $8 or $9. I'm not kidding you. Last time I got, because I spend, I spend, like, 4 bucks on eggs because I will, like, I don't even do cage-free. I go mm-hmm. for pasture-raised. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, and then like last time I went, it was like eight something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and it's one of the few things I can eat these days. Yeah. <laughs> so I have and to my
1: have... dad's complaining about four forty
0: seven. <laughs> no. No, because they were my like goodness. four bucks before around that. Because I get the the nicer ones. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which also I recently learned, you can tell a bit about their diet based on the color of the yolk. Because then I got eggs and I was like, these are like, these are like almost white yellow. Oh. And usually my other ones that are the pasture rays are more of like an orangey type color. Hmm. so anyways so then i was like is this safe to eat and then i learned this and then i learned this whole thing about like oh it depends on their diet that can change the color of the mm-hmm. yolk and i'm like oh okay that's cool so like, so now i feel like i will know if you're lying and your chickens aren't actually out. <laughs> anyway continue yeah. on. sorry
1: but it's also so out of the wild uh bird species expecting water bird a uh, waterfowl the most so things like geese ducks stuff like that okay but we are now seeing it also affect vultures uh, and other birds prey, including owls and eagles.
0: Okay, that's bad.
1: Yeah. And it's suspected that they may, wild birds may also help spread it from place to place, acting sort of as carriers. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. That's perfect. So that's mm-hmm. like someone from, who had COVID, mm-hmm. originating in a different country, going to a different country and spreading it. So now yeah. it'll be all over the place and across the world. Mm-hmm. Great. But,
1: good thing is, it's not contagious to humans. There have only been one case where a human got it, and, of course, it was somebody that worked with infected birds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they are saying, if you find a wild, if you find, uh, if you're a farmer, any birds you have that don't seem injured or mysterious death, report it to your local agriculture agency or Fish and Wildlife as well as um, if you find a dead bird and it doesn't seem to have any physical injuries or any signs of that it was distressed when it died.
0: Of foul play? Yeah,
1: no foul play. <laughs> <laughs> then report it to your, uh, your fish and wildlife.
0: I don't feel like you appreciated that pun enough. It was good. Okay. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> okay, continue on.
1: So, yeah, that's one of the epidemics we're doing with.
0: One of them. Yes,
1: there's a third one now.
0: Oh, great! What's the third one? Monkeypox. Oh yeah, that one's happening now. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're doing great. Speaking of monkeypox, what? <laughs> Look at that segue. <laughs> this is not actually monkeypox, but it does have to no. do with a monkey. So my uh story today is the uh, headline I shall say is Borneo has a hybrid mystery monkey and researchers are concerned. So. Um, this, an identified monkey spotted in Borneo, is a rare hybrid between two different species that are competing for forest space, a new study suggests. So, they think that the mystery monkey is likely the offspring of a proboscis monkey and a silvery langur, two distantly related species that share the same habitat. So, um... Because of COVID restrictions, the researchers haven't been able to go into the forest where the monkey lives, but they're analyzing photos that began appearing on social media back in, two, two, what am I saying? In 2017. Oh, I'm struggling. Anyway, um, and the monkey was initially photographed as a juvenile, but more recent photos from 2020 reveal that the animal is now a mature female and may have an infant of her own. So um, she appears to be nursing a baby Study co-author Nadine Rupert, a primatologist at the University Sains, Malaysia, uh, Science University of Malaysia, told Live Science in an email, we were all in awe, it was quite surreal. So while different species typically don't produce viable offspring if they mate, very closely related species may occasionally interbreed in the wild to create hybrids. So they give an example of the northern pigtail macaques and the southern pigtail macaques, interbreed in certain parts of Thailand, according to the IUCN Red List. However, interbreeding species are typically similar and belong to the same evolutionary group or genus. Proboscis monkeys and silvery langurs do not. So anyway, um, they spot her in a couple places where obviously both of the different species live and they're obviously saying that she has different characteristics of both monkeys so that's why they think that she is a hybrid. Obviously you can read more about that in the article. But Both species live in groups composed of a dominant male and multiple females and their offspring. Males born into these groups are pressured to leave once they mature to start groups of their own or take over another group. However, habitat decline is limiting the areas where these dispersing males can go. It continues on, and they're saying that most hybrids born from different species are sterile and unable to produce offspring, which makes the so-called mystery monkey and her baby even more unusual. It is possible she was aloe mothering or taking care of another female's infant, but the photos showed that she had swollen breasts associated with lactation, which indicates the offspring was her own. So anyway, as unique and intriguing as the discovery appears to be, there's a downside. It's tragic that both species now cramp to gra- together excuse me, in the remaining narrow riparian forest patches, surrounded by oil palm plantations, where they compete for food and mating opportunities. Rupert said, I hope that people will start talking about her not as an attraction, but as a flagship animal of the area that needs to be protected and with her, her two parent species and their habitat. So anyway, kind of crazy that she was able to um, not be sterile and to breed herself, but it's a bad sign that they're having to crowd together and, you know.
1: Yeah. There's also this thing with hybrids. Mm -hmm. Males most often are sterile. But it's actually more common for the females to... be? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, like with ligers and tigons, the females, they can breed again and make what's called a l- liliger.
0: What would that even be? I'm so A confused. lion
1: mixed with a liger.
0: Okay, that's weird. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway. It, it is weird. Also, speaking of hybrids, let's not forget the Pizzly Bear we spoke of before. Mm-hmm. The Polar Bear and Grizzly Bear. <laughs> All right. Well, that is that. Of course, I will link the article and you can read it in full. Uh, the, I'm losing where I am. Okay, great. So it's time for our um our picks for this week. I almost said month. I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. Anyway, um, and it was Casey's choice this time. Yes. And once again, Casey chose a broad topic. So I'm giving
1: you the world I to pick I don't from. want to
0: be broad. It needs to be narrowed down to make my life easier. The world's your oyster. It's not. I don't like oysters. Could be an
1: oyster, actually. <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, could be an oyster. Yes. Anyway, um, all right. So, Casey, what is the topic and what are the topic? What is the category and what was your choice?
1: The category is any marine life we've seen in the Pacific.
0: Okay, great.
1: And I picked the green sea turtles. I'm
0: super jealous. Yes.
1: I saw a pair of green sea turtles. They were youngins. Mm Mm-hmm. Back when I was snorkeling in La Jolla once. Unfortunately, this was before I had my GoPro, so I don't have any pictures of them. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were very cute.
0: I bet. And I'm super jealous. So tell us about them.
1: Yes. So their scientific name is Chelonia Midas. The green sea turtle has a global distribution in tropical and temperate regions. The exact lifespan is unknown, but it is estimated they can live to be 70 years or more. Nice. The green sea turtle is the largest member of the family Chelonidae, which is the hard shell sea turtles. It is the second largest sea turtle in the world next to the leatherback. And they can reach a length of 1.2 meters and can weigh from 110 to 180 kilos. Okay. This species is unique among sea turtles in that it is the only species that is strictly herbivorous. Its diet consists of seagrass and algae. The green pigmentation of its diet actually contributes to its own coloration as the pigments in the algae accumulate in the body of the sea turtle. And the green sea turtle actually gets its name from the fact that its fat has a greenish coloration. Mm Mm-hmm. The skin and shell coloration has a lot more variability. In fact, one subspecies is also known as the black sea turtle because of the dark gray or even black coloration of its shell. Craziness. Because of their diet, they typically are found in more coastal waters where there is plenty of light and surfaces for seagrass and algae to grow on. However, when they are hatching, it is suspected that there is an oceanic phase when they will hide away in debris that is floating in the open waters to hide from predators. And once they mature they will migrate closer to the coast like other species the green sea turtle is highly migratory and will travel across entire oceans to get to their nesting beaches in the tropics which are the same beaches that the females were hatched at females will lay around a hundred eggs in each clutch during the nesting season and she will have several clutches over the course of several weeks however of the hundreds of eggs laid only about 1 to 2% of the hatchlings will make it to adulthood.
0: It's so sad. Everything picks them off.
1: Mm-hmm. The green sea turtle is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List. All populations are classified as endangered or threatened by the Endangered Species Act, and it is listed under Appendix 1 of CITES. One of the most significant threats to the species is entanglement in fishing nets, and because of this, conservations have created turtle exclusion devices, also known as TEDs to be put in nets to prevent them from getting caught. Coastal development is another major threat because with more people moving in on the coast, there is less shoreline for the sea turtles to lay their eggs. There's also a light pollution problem from the light in the city which confuses hatchlings because they are often emerge at night and typically follow the moonlight to the ocean, but city lights confuse them and can result in turtles ending up in the city. Because of these threats, scientists have been designating critical habitat areas for the species to study them and provide them a safe haven to protect them from threats like habitat degradation and boat collisions.
0: Poor little turtles. Yes. All right, well, uh, Casey. Yes, Allie. What do you call a famous turtle?
1: I don't know. I actually don't remember this pun at all.
0: A celebrity. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, turtles are the best. We love them. Um, and I struggled a little bit, of course, as per usual, with Casey's categories. But, um, and it's also hard to know exactly what I've seen, but I'm sure I have seen these. So I chose the California sea lion because they're really fun and you can see them definitely, probably I would say most famously maybe in uh, Fisherman's Wharf up in San, San Diego, San Francisco. We're San Diego. <laughs> They're also down here off the coast, and you can see them um, if you go to like the La Jolla Shores general area. There's there are a variety of things over there. It's a great place to go. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we've seen them there, and then I've also seen them. I think we saw them in Catalina on one of the glass bottom boat tour stuff. Too. I've seen them in Catalina. They now. like to they like to swim under there, and they're cute. Anyway, they're just they're cool. So the California sea lion, their scientific name is Zalophus. 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 I liked my version better. <laughs> californianus which is awesome the california sea lion is native to the eastern pacific ranging along the coast from alaska down to central mexico this species has a lifespan of about 20 to 30 years like many other pinnipeds they are sexually dimorphic with males being larger males are about 20.4 meters (laughs) 24 meters can you imagine oh my god (laughs) terrifying (laughs) anyway 2.4 meters (sighs) And uh, 363, I'm imagining that's supposed to be kilograms, because there's no label after it. And then females are 1.8 meters to 108 kilograms. Once they reach sexual maturity, they will develop a large bump on top of their head called a sagittal crest. Yep. Okay, great. That's correct. <laughs> Like other sea lions and their seal relatives, the California sea lion is a piscivore and feeds on a large variety of fish species like anchovies, mackerel, rockfish, and sardines, but will occasionally eat invertebrates like squid. One of the reasons for for the sexual dimorphism in this species deals with a natural phenomenon observed in pinnipeds. In pinnipeds, there is a larger degree of sexual dimorphism Sorry, it moved on me after the facts, so and I have to find where it just went. There we go. <laughs> in species where males have large harems of females. This is also the case for the California sea lion. During the breeding season, they gather in large rookeries in which males become very aggressive in defending their territory, and females against rival males. During this time, females also become aggressive toward each other to protect their pups. For the California sea lion, the primary breeding grounds is the Channel Island island, off the coast of Southern California. Even though these rookeries can number in the hundreds, females can identify their pups when they return after hunting because each pup and mother has a unique vocalization and scent. The female will call out for and listen for her pup, and when she finds it, will give it a sniff as a final check to make sure it's hers. The pups will stay with their mother for up to a year, nursing and learning important survival skills like hunting, fishing, and swimming because despite being a marine mammal, sea lions do not innately know how to swim. (laughs) Crazy to me. This species is a member of the family Oteridae, something like that, which are commonly known as the eared seals because they have visible ear flaps to distinguish them from true seals. Another way to distinguish them from seals is their large fore flippers and the ability to rotate their hind flippers, which gives them the ability to walk on land, making them more mobile than their seal cousins. This also makes them faster and more agile in the water, but not as efficient divers, and they can't dive nearly as deep or as long as true seals. And it's not scrolling again, so hang on. Oh boy, too far. Okay, there we go. Even though they can haul themselves onto land, sometimes they will stay out in the water in a behavior called rafting, in which they hold onto their hind flippers and just float in the water. That's the cutest thing. <laughs> anyway, they also... I don't think I've ever seen that. Really?
1: No, I don't I think so. I have a few times.
0: All right, I gotta keep an eye. I'm just gonna have to go, like, park, get a chair at, like, La Jolla Shore area and just, like, camp nah. out and be like, I'm gonna see one of you raft. Anyway, they also display a behavior called jugging. I don't know why that is judging. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine they're saying, they're just like, "Mm, no. No. Anyway, um, a behavior called. It seems
1: like they do that with each other when they're in their rookeries. It's like, wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They do. They get that like nasty look on their face. (laughs) It looks so mad. Anyway, um, a behavior called jugging, which is when they stick their flippers out of the water, forming. Well, so you put it as foreman, by the way. No G at the end of that. A jug handle shape, which is likely used to help maintain their body temperature. I don't understand. What are they doing? Like, oh, like this? Like yeah. a dramatic, like, yeah. ah! Mm-hmm. Okay, I love it. Anyway, all right. Um, where am I? <laughs> this species is also highly intelligent and have been known to follow fishing boats as well as snag fish off fishing lines to get an easy meal. Makes sense. This intelligence also makes them popular animals for visitors to zoos and aquariums. The California sea lion is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. This species is also protected under the Marine Mammal Protection Act throughout its entire range. Some threats this species deals with are getting entangled in fishing gear as they are often captured to remove lures, nets, and fishing line. Thankfully, however, this is species, this is species, this species population is very high and is the only one of the six sea lion species whose population is on the rise. I think that's it, but I have to verify because my thing is being so slow. Yep. So that's the California sea lion. They're super cute. I love their little like baby ear things. They're real cute. Ear flaps? Yeah. I'm going to call them baby ears because that's what it looks like. Baby ears? They look like little baby ears. All right. Anyway, they're real cute. Anyway, they're super awesome. You should check them out. All right, but it is time. That is going to bring us to our animal of the week, and our animal of the week this week is the vaquita. The vaquita, which I thought for some reason we would talked about before, but I guess not. And they're very cool. So tell us about them.
1: So these guys come from the order Artiodactyla, and they come from the family Phocinidae. Their scientific name is Phocinus sinus. This species has the most restricted range of any marine cetacean. It is endemic to the northern waters of Gulf of California. This also makes it the only marine mammal endemic to Mexico. Lifespan: They have a lifespan of 20 years and they are the world's smallest cetacean. They are only one and a half meters long and weigh in at 54 kilograms. They feed on several species of benthic fish as well as marine invertebrates like squid and crustaceans. The vaquita may have some resemblance to commonly seen cetaceans like nose or common dolphins, but they are not a dolphin at all. Oceanic dolphins belong to family Dauphinidae, while the vaquita belongs to the family Focinidae, which is a group known as the porpoises, which are actually more closely related to belugas and narwhals.
0: Okay.
1: There are a few physical differences that make it easy to distinguish between dolphins and porpoises. Dolphins have long beak-like mouths, with cone-shaped teeth, while porpoises have smaller, more rounded mouths and have spade-shaped teeth. Another difference is their dorsal fins. Dolphins have a curved dorsal fin, while porpoises are much more triangular. Dolphins also tend to have a leaner, more streamlined body, while porpoises are more stout and compact. Okay. One way in which the Vikita and other porpoises are similar to dolphins is that they have a structure on their forehead called a melon. The melon is what enables them to use echolocation. Air gets pushed through their blowhole, creating a sound wave that gets amplified by the melon, which then sends the sound wave through the water. Then when it hits an object, the sound wave bounces back and is received through the lower jaw to the inner ear, which allows the brain to form an image of the object. This echolocation is vitally important to the vaquita, because they live in very shallow water when compared to other stations, usually in water less than 50 meters deep. This along with river systems like the Colorado River Delta emptying into the Gulf of California makes the water incredibly turbid with very low visibility, so the vaquita must rely on its sonar to effectively navigate through the murky waters. They also hunt many benthic species of fish that like to lay on the seafloor, and they will use their echolocation to locate their prey hidden in the sand. The vaquita is unique even among porpoises due to where it lives as it is the only member of the porpoise family that lives in warm waters. Compared to other species, the vaquita has a relatively large dorsal fin, which is suspected to help dissipate heat and is a form of thermoregulation. Like other porpoise species, the vaquita is not particularly social and is usually seen only in pairs or small groups of no more than 10 individuals. They are also very shy and elusive by nature which is why there are so such little known about them. This is also another stark contrast with dolphins, which are very energetic, social, and congregate in huge numbers. The vaquita is currently listed as critically endangered by IUCN Red List. It holds the unfortunate distinction of being the world's most endangered marine mammal. Back in 2012, the population was around 200. Now a decade later, species has been reduced to just 10.
0: That's so awful.
1: Yeah, the official count is seventeen on the IUCN Red List, which was assessed back in twenty seventeen.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: The primary cause of this dramatic decline in the is the fishing industry, specifically the use of gill nets. The gill nets are used to catch a fish, often a, another endemic and endangered species, the Totoaba, which are fished for their swim bladders to be illegally exported to Asia to be used in soup. That is believed to hold medicinal properties, and due to the demand, they can be sold between $2,500 and $10,000.
0: It's so, that just all makes me so angry. <laughs> anyway, continue on. So, first of all, it's hurting that species, and then it's also yes, it hurting is. vaquitas.
1: Mm-hmm. The demand for these swim bladders ultimately resulted in an increase of vaquita entanglements in fish nets. The totoaba is actually similar in size to vaquitas, so nets illegally set to catch them often entangle and drown vaquitas as well. Back in 2015, there was a ban on gill nets used throughout the vaquitas range, and the Mexican government was even going to pay fishermen for income losses due to the ban. Then in 2017, there was a ban on all gill nets except for fishing two species of fish, but illegal gill net usage continues to be an issue. However, the gulf is a remote place, which makes it difficult for the police, um, which is also hindered by drug cartels' involvement in the Totoaba trade.
0: That is sketch. Yes, it is. Oh, boy. Okay.
1: Despite their numbers being so low, all hope is not lost for the vaquita. A recent study found that the vaquita is actually unlikely to experience negative effects from inbreeding, which would be a major concern for many other species. This is due to the fact that the vaquita has always been a naturally rare species in a very small restricted habitat. The first comprehensive survey was done back in 1997, and even back then only they only found 570 porpoises, which wasn't large to begin with. Smaller populations tend to have lower genetic diversity, and this species has been around for thousands of years, and with these low numbers has allowed them to get rid of highly negative mutations So having them come up due to inbreeding is unlikely. Because of this fact, the vaquita actually has a surprisingly high chance of recovery if gillnet fishing ends immediately and gets properly enforced.
0: So I'm not holding my breath on that. No. But the good news is at least there's hope, kind of.
1: There is hope. Keep in mind, California condors were reduced to 22 individuals.
0: That is true. And
1: Chivalry's horses were down to 14 at one point.
0: Yeah, so there is hope. But I don't think they were dealing with drug cartels. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Among the other issues. Yeah. (laughs) So that is, you know, a little challenging. It's just very upsetting, too, that, like, so many animals are just reduced to this because Mm. of Eastern medicine. Yeah. Medicine. Yeah. Medicinal properties. I'm like, just stop killing everything because, you know, once again, like, I understand you being desperate if you have cancer, but some Mm -hmm. of the other stuff it treats, I'm like, can you maybe not wipe out entire populations because you don't want to be bald or something? You know what I mean?
1: A large part of the issue is educating the public over there. Right. That way you can kill the demand and then there's no reason for them to go after the species. But
0: when it's been tradition as long as it has, that's going to be very difficult to do. Mm Mm-hmm so and it's not like eastern medicine is entirely right offable that's Mm -hmm. not a word but still like some of that stuff works Mm -hmm. however rhino horns and this is not going to be the factor Mm -hmm. so anyway um so that is the vaquita and they are um poor little babies but they're so cute Mm -hmm. um hope i get a good picture i don't remember the pictures i saw if any of them were really good Mm -hmm. but you can always google them i remind you google is your friend yes all right well it is time for another round of leopardy we're just gonna call it leopardy because we're lame that way and um and we should stop calling it jeopardy because it's very much not jeopardy rules so um all right casey i'm challenging you i forgot to go back and see how much money you have total this point but we'll figure it out for um our our season to wrap up i guess Anyway, and again, this has been a hot mess. We've done it different amounts of questions, different amounts of money at different times. But our new standard is basically four categories, five questions, with a total of $6,000 being possible.
1: Four categories, five questions. Yes. I need to remember that.
0: Yep. (laughs) And ten minutes.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Apparently, in the beginning, I only gave you, like, two minutes. So, no wonder it didn't go well. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So, your categories are... This is the best thing, too, as a reminder, folks. We recorded this episode already, and because of sound issues, had to re-record it. So we're going to see. Casey theoretically should get all of these questions right and have $6,000 at the end. But here we go. I, I should have cheated have and switched out some of the things. Do you need paper? Just ask me for the categories. Okay, then. I'll
1: ask for the All record. right, so
0: the categories are cinematic cats. Okay. Sharing is caring. No, Meaning ain't. that it's... <laughs> meaning that it's basically a two word phrase and this animal name is going to be the second word of the first phrase and the first word of the second phrase
1: second word of the first phrase yes
0: so if i were to say um I'm trying to see what's not on there so like this is a bad example because that's actually one word but if i were to say <laughs> race blank and like blank power horse yes
1: okay. there you go
0: all right and then you have dance and animals
1: Dancing animals.
0: And then animal-themed destinations. Okay. All right, so get your timer ready. Let me know when you're ready and pick your first category and go.
1: Cinematic cats.
0: Okay. Simba's dad in The Lion King. Mufasa. Yes. This famous literary cat is voiced by Antonio Banderas in many movies, including his own.
1: Puss in boots. Yes.
0: This kitten from the Aristocats says this this famous line, Because I'm a lady, that's why...
1: Why can't I remember her name? You should
0: know it, because we did it last time. Yes, but I don't pay attention. Obviously not. I don't know. All right, this cat friend from Otis. uh, Sorry, the cat friend of Otis from the 1986 American remake of this movie, Blank and Otis. Hooch? (laughs) No? No.
1: That's not it. Oh, my gosh. Why do I feel like I know it, but I know I don't know it? Blank and notice.
0: Blank. Well, you didn't get it right last time. So nope.
1: That's why. Yeah, we'll go with Hoosh, because I don't know.
0: Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> and then this is the one that shocked me last time. Name two characters from Cats the Musical.
1: Magical Mr. Mistopheles and Rumtum Tugger.
0: Great. <laughs> um, sh- okay, what's your next category? You want sharing, caring, dancing, sure. animals? Okay. Sharing, caring. Sharing, caring. Okay. So, scaredy, blank, Burglar. Cat. Yes. Silly blank bumps. Goose. Early blank bird. Uh, not bird. I gave it away. You were going to get it anyway. Early blank frame. Bird. <laughs> you got it last time, so you'll get it this time. <laughs> Top blank house. Dog. Okay. Pack blank race. Rat. Okay, great. Uh. Dance animals or animals? Dance and animals. Okay. This is a classic dance for the whole family usually played at American weddings.
1: I remember this one. It's chicken.
0: Yeah, well, that's not it. Chicken dance. Thank you. That chicken (laughs) dance. This is a move many people try once they've got a few drinks in them. Named for these wriggly little animals. The worm. Mm Mm-hmm. A famous ballet by Tchaikovsky, Blank Lake.
1: Swan Lake? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. This ballroom style of dance that includes the name of this oft hunted canid. Foxtrot? Yay, you oh got it gosh. right this time. <laughs> Didn't get it last ah. time. <laughs> All right, and then, um, blah. There were many popular dances in the 1920s named after animals, including the turkey trot, kangaroo hop, and blank hug named after this animal.
1: Uh, this one I did not get. Blank hug. Kangaroo hop. Blank hug. What the heck? Bear.
0: (laughs) All right, last category. A popular, alliterative skiing destination in California. Blank mountain. Everything is an animal name. Mammoth. Yes. Oh, okay. you got this one right this time. Uh, Great. And then, um all right, another alliterative popular skiing destination in, destination in California. Big blank. Bear. There we go. Great. Uh, A beautiful slot canyon in Page, Arizona.
1: Oh, I got this wrong. I. <laughs>
0: yeah, you did get it wrong last time.
1: It's an animal.
0: Yes, they're all animals.
1: <laughs> Something canyon. Uh, um, coyote King.
0: <laughs> no. <gasps> All right. This little. Oh, no, I didn't pull the picture up. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to it. I'm skipping to the next one and I'll pull okay. it up next. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I forgot to pull the picture up. This national park is an island off of Florida that houses Fort Jefferson.
1: Ah! It's an island. Yeah. It's named after an animal. Oh, oh, oh! Tortuga Island.
0: It's like half a point. Ah, oh, <laughs> damn it. Um. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Okay, if we run out of time, I'll give it to you because that's my fault for not having this pulled up. Okay. This. This. Um, this little landmark that Allie correctly guessed the name of as she came across it on a family vacation. Oh, I remember this. Yeah,
1: and I hardly see what the resemblance is. Elephant feet? Yes. Okay.
0: They very much do look like. They do feet. not. They
1: look columns of rocks.
0: They look like elephant feet.
1: Rock columns.
0: No, if you pass them in person, like literally as you were driving up, I was like, those look like maybe if I'm feet. there or
1: right in front, but not from that picture. Yeah,
0: I think I think if you were there, it would count. Okay, so that's everything. So mm, I don't know if I should give you. I'm not going to give you that one no! because you didn't get it right, and you've already gotten two that you only got right because we did this before. <laughs> yeah. So. The other one was only, like, halfway right, and it's not halfway enough to be close enough. But the good news is you got an increase of an extra $900 this time Woo! because of cheating. I can make rent. <laughs> Yay. You could do pretty well. You'd have $4,000 total this time. So, anyway, I've done that math for you already, but let's go back through this. So, you Cinematic in an R-A. There you go. Simba's dad and the Lion King, obviously Mufasa. This famous literary cat is voiced by Antonio Banderas in many movies, including his own Puss in Boots. This kitten from the Aristocats says this famous line, Because I'm a lady, that's why. It's Marie. Oh my gosh. I
1: would have never gotten that.
0: Obviously. I've seen that
1: movie like once in my because life. Because
0: also, you had this question before and you still <laughs> forgot. Yep. The cat friend of Otis from the 1986 American remake of this movie, Milo and Otis.
1: Milo. The orange
0: tabby. Named two no wonder, I hate the name Milo. <laughs> Rude. Uh, name two characters from Cats the Musical. You did that, and of course there are many more. But anyway... Sharing is caring, scaredy cat burglar, silly goose bumps, early bird brain, top dog house, pack rat race. Also, don't say the an- answer in the question, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, whatever. Danced animals. This is a classic dance for the whole family, usually played at American weddings, the chicken dance.
1: I have been to weddings before. I have never done the chicken a dance. A wedding
0: worth its salt if there's no chicken dance, at least if there are children allowed at the wedding. If it's all adults, maybe.
1: There are children allowed. But never chicken dance. We did the Cupid Shuffle, though.
0: No, you gotta do the chicken dance. It's classic. Anyway, okay. (sighs) This is a move many people try once they've got a few drinks in them, named after these wriggly little animals, the worm a famous ballet by Tchaikovsky, Swan Lake, which I believe the first time I asked you this question, you said turkey or something like that. I, did, I think I did say turkey. They are so graceful. Anyway.
1: Uh-huh. Um, Turkeys are graceful in their own way.
0: Okay. This ballroom style of dance that includes the name of this oft-hunted canid, which you got this time, but it is the foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Um, there were many popular dances in the 1920s named after animals, including the turkey trot, kangaroo hop, and the bunny hug named after this animal. It
1: makes no sense.
0: Also, it's in Chicago, she says, "Come on, hun, we're gonna bunny hug." Yeah. So there's your hint. Anyway. Kangaroo
1: hop makes sense. Turkey trots makes sense. I mean, because they trot.
0: Maybe you hug and a bunny. they hop.
1: A bunny does not hug, but
0: you can hug a bunny.
1: That's not the bunny hugging you. <laughs> I need a bunny. My sister really wants a bunny.
0: I want a bunny, too. They're great. I want one. Anyway, okay. A popular, okay, animal-themed destinations. A popular alliterative skiing destination in California, which you got this time and you did not last time. Mammoth Mountain. Another alliterative. Where did it get its name? I don't know. Because it's big, probably. And they're like, that's like a mammoth.
1: You mean they didn't find a mammoth there? That makes me upset. They
0: probably did. I don't know. Don't ask me these questions. I've also never been there. (laughs) Anyway, another alliterative popular skiing destination in California, Big Bear. I haven't been to either of those.
1: You haven't? No, and
0: I've never been skiing. You've never
1: been to Big
0: Bear? No. I know, because I don't go skiing, Mm -hmm. and that's mostly why people go I want to go to
1: the... Big Bear has a zoo, um, and they just changed location. It's a bigger zoo now. Yeah. And... uh, most of the animals that come into there you won't see because they take in rehabs and confiscated pets, so 90% of them get released. Oh, that's good. Yep.
0: Anyway, the beautiful Slot Canyon in Pager is known as Antelope Canyon.
1: Antelope? Yes. There's no antelope there.
0: For, well, technically, but pronghorns do range through there, so yes.
1: They're not antelope.
0: I know, but they're called antelope, mm-hmm. so there you go.
1: No, I only call them pronghorns.
0: That's fine. But no Anyway (laughs) This little landmark That Allie correctly guessed the name of As she came across it On a family vacation Elephant feet And obviously I'll have to post A picture of that
1: And I remember this Because it's a ridiculous name No it's not Yes it is
0: No if you see it in person We're driving up like Oh those kind of look like elephant feet And then I looked it up And I was like They're literally on a map Called elephant feet Anyway This national park Is an island off of Florida That houses Fort Jefferson It's the Dry Tortugas
1: Dry Tortugas Yes
0: yes And it is very cool You should definitely go check it out um, Why is it, I, it English I, and Spanish? I don't understand that part. What's the Spanish word for dry? So,
1: um, I don't
0: know. Anyway, so you um, increased your your gains there by a uh, 900 bucks. So now you have a total of 4,000 for this one, which uh, is pretty good. Well, it's a pretty big improvement for you.
1: I can put money in my savings.
0: Woohoo! It's fake money though. So. Sickle. Sickle. Sickle don't do this.
1: If you wanted to say "dry turtle," you will be "tortuga seca."
0: Yeah, that also Spanish switches it, so I don't know why they've said it this way at all. Because yeah. it was a white person, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Although if it's Spain Spanish, they're also pretty white. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. Somebody and they have
1: other rules that are annoying.
0: I know. Trust me, I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I, like my one friend who's like just helping me. Ignore just ignore
1: like, the stuff that's from Spain. <laughs>
0: Oh, I know. Spain, Spanish is, like, ridiculous. And then, but also there's some, it's just, like, English, except for English is worse, with, like, rules and then exceptions to rules. And I'm, like, I'm trying to understand this, so and now you're switching it up on me and, like, don't do this to mm-hmm. me. Anyway, so. But there we go. So we did it. We got through this episode. That was our last episode that we had to re-record. <laughs> sort of. Because I guess we had to do our Patreon content still. But anyway. Um, so next time we come at you, we'll be coming at you fresh. Yay. Um, As always, we're your hosts, Allie and Casey. Nope, I did it again. I stole your line. Okay, I'm I'm out then. I'm out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're leaving. Bye. Oh,
0: my God. i got to get with it. I'm getting so tired. Anyway, as always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. There we go. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts podcast.